Streetlights are on, and you're listening to Largely the Truth with Brennan Store. To all you restless sleepers and midnight creepers, bleary eyed truckers and the graveyard shift, this is Brennan Store, and you're listening to Largely the Truth. Whether you're staring at a screen or the lines on the road, all is well, and for the next little while it's going to stay that way. Because I'm here. You're there. And together, we're going to explore the night. Welcome back to Largely the Truth. I am your host, Brennan Storr, and this is the Internet's favorite podcast. The Internet just doesn't know it yet. So the Internet is a funny thing. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. I'm sure volumes will be written in the future on how... Things like social media have altered the way we deal with each other. Hopefully not permanently, but we shall see. However, I have met some really, really cool people through social media. Of course, as I mentioned, this used to be a radio show on 92.5 Stoke FM. And every week when I prepared my playlist, I would post it to Instagram and tag the artists who I would be playing. And of course, for independent artists, being featured on the radio still means something. Bless them, because I love the goddamn radio. But that's another conversation entirely. Doing that led to meeting some pretty cool people over Instagram. And uh, of course, I've met cool people on Twitter too, but my weapon of choice is, is Instagram. And there were a lot of artists who, after connecting, I followed their music. And tonight's guest is one of those people. Suraj Parab is a composer and multi-instrumentalist from Mumbai, India. And we first met roughly, or online rather, via Instagram, Uh, Roughly around 2018, I think, with the release of his So Close, So Far album. And since then, I've kept an eye on his music, enjoyed everything he's put out. And when I found out he had a new EP coming, I thought, what better time to try and get together and meet properly and learn a little bit more about his art. When we started setting that up, I hadn't yet heard the EP because it wasn't out yet. Then when it finally dropped, I heard it and I had not realized that there were vocals. And those vocals were provided by Sandeep Kulkarni, who is a prolific vocalist and voiceover artist, originally also from Mumbai, currently living in Los Angeles. And to my great excitement, we were able to get all three of us on a call together to talk about the new EP. And so that is a conversation I'll be sharing with you tonight. My favorite conversations are the ones that go places you never could have expected. And this very much qualifies because we start off with the new EP, which is lovely, and you'll be hearing selections from that. But we also talk about Sandeep's band, Rusty Rickshaw. I'll actually be playing a full track for you uh, from Rusty Rickshaw at the end of the show. Then we tangent into heavy metal, Michael Jackson, what it takes to become an award-winning multi-instrumentalist and composer. And let me tell you folks, it is a hell of a lot of work. But I don't want to ruin it for you. So we're going to get to it. Although before we do... Just want to remind you that if you want an ad-free feed, and who doesn't because ads suck, you can head on over to patreon.com slash truth, and for $2 a month, you get a private feed with no ads, and you also get access to bonus conversations where available. Again, that's patreon.com slash truth for $2 a month. All right. Now, 
With the salesmanship out of the way, it's time to sit back, relax, and reach out to tonight's guests, Suraj Parab and Sandeep Kulkarni. My guests tonight are both accomplished musicians originally hailing from the city of Mumbai. Suraj Parab is an internationally acclaimed, multi-award winning, contemporary classical composer, pianist, and bass player, whose debut album, The Beautiful and Haunting Her, dropped in 2018. His follow-up album, 2019's So Close, So Far, received rave reviews and garnered a number of accolades, including the Silver Medal at the Global Music Awards and Best Neoclassical Album at the Cluzine International Music Awards. Sandeep Kulkarni is a singer, songwriter, and voiceover artist with over 800 shows to his credit. He has fronted a number of bands, including popular Mumbai heavy metal group Mayhem, and is currently the vocalist for the LA-based rock fusion group Rusty Rickshaw, whose latest single, The Hypnotic Bazaar, dropped in August of this year. He's also an educator and owner of Karmic Studios in Oceanside, California. These two talented gentlemen have come together to collaborate on the brand new EP, Wistful Thoughts, Volume 1, which was released to streaming platforms on November 5th. Gentlemen, welcome to Larger the Truth. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for having us, Brian. No, absolutely. Congratulations on the EP. It's lovely. And the video for Angel Eyes has already got something like 8,000 views on YouTube, which is not an easy thing for independent artists. <laughs> thank, you, thank you so much. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, it was the kind of a, we were actually a little skeptical about that video, but it, it, it did pretty okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm quite honest with you. If one of my shows gets 8,000 views, I'm going to consider it better than pretty okay. <laughs> <laughs> For the video, we like as a Sandeep has told us, tell you like it was a very like more of an experimental uh, uh, thing for us because the first time uh, we have done something like let's uh, hire a dancer, let's take a dancer and tell her to perform on our song in a very freestyle of manner, and Sandeep was like, uh, will it be going to work? I was like, let's do it, like because I was influenced from a. Musicians like uh, Oliver Arnold, Yanni, then Yuruma and all the stuff. So I always saw this thing like the freestyle dancing goes with the more of this kind of stuff. So I always wanted to do experiment with this. So I think this is the first time we have done something like that. But I think as you said, this is 6,000 views. Uh, it's <laughs> it's doing good for us. Like the story for that song, I, I'm, I, we're probably going to get into that, but it kind of demanded like, if it's a father, I mean, you see the, I don't want to give it away for people not, but you watch the end of the video, you kind of see the gentleman and it's actually him singing throughout. And so she's uh, his daughter. So we initially wanted to script this whole thing out where it's an actual story. But then he said, no, then he showed me this video, about I think Alfred Arnold, like he said, one of the musicians he admires. And I was blown away. I was like, wow, this is so different. And it's really nice. And it was very deep. And but yeah, let's try something similar. And so that's how that came about. Your first collaboration dropped in 2020, and that was the single for Parasite. Was that your first time working together? Uh, actually, for the original, yes. But uh, for talking about the first time working together, no. Because I met Sandeep in, back in 2014, if I'm correct. Sandeep? Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So as you know, in the India, the major uh, majority of the music is uh, Bollywood. So in right. 95% of the music scene is about Bollywood. So I was playing, I actually grown up uh, in a Bollywood uh, zone where like Kishore Kumar, Mohammad Rafi and all this. I learned all the song of theirs. And uh, for one of the such project of one of uh, Bollywood song show, I met Sandeep in 2014. 
and he was actually making a cover video for one pakistani band if i am correct strings right yeah, sandeep yeah, yeah yeah so that time we first met and after 2014 then we did numerous show bollywood shows and all the stuff and we get to know each other about our likings and taste and for i think for four to five years next year uh, we are doing just all the bollywood covers and the, all the collaborations and i started this uh, my journey like of the making originals because i always want to make my own originals because when i was uh, like 7 or 6 years old my father was a uh, very influenced by uh, yani uh, richard clarman uh, kenny g so in that time uh, every day when i used to come from a school so he used to buy one cassettes that time we had a cassette cds and were not had uh, come till this time so that time he used to buy a cassettes of kenny g uh yani and the uh, richard kadaman and he used to always listen listen to this guys listen to this music and i was like i i always I used to ask him dad how these people make such kind of music it is right. so, so it is so smooth and this is so beautiful how how they make the, the such kind of music so he's like just try it on just learn about music and that time i had a a uh, rule in my house so my father was a very passionate about music but he didn't got to time because of the all the family responsibilities of him so he right. always wanted him that his son should do something in the music so we had a rule in our home that i had to practice at least 2 hours a day uh, oh, on wow. keyboard otherwise i will not get to eat anything okay <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> that's intense that's that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so in, i was like uh, from age of 5 this this thing was happening in my house so he taught me all this study, how to read the staff notation and that time i used to play a keyboard and then uh, when i was uh, 10 years old i saw one of his friend so he that uh, he was a professional guitarist in a bollywood zone so he came into our house and he played some song on that uh, guitar so i was like dad i wanted to play guitar i don't like keyboard i want to play guitar dad was like okay i will uh, buy you a guitar but just, just there is a one condition instead of 2 hours you have to do practice of 3 and 1/2 hours i was okay. like okay okay i was like fine but i didn't know what <laughs> i am getting into because the problem with the string instruments and the keyboard is uh, when you are beginner if you press a single key on any keyboard you will get a perfect pitch sound so right. even if you play a cd efg you will get a perfect pitch sound but in the string instrument on the start you will not hear anything you will like what the hell i am playing so this is this was what happening with me for like one and a half years and i was thinking why the hell i told my dad to buy this instrument <laughs> keyboard was a very good thing so so that by that way i think first two years went and then i was like i just want to pocket this fuck this guitar i'm sorry, sorry <laughs> to say that but but i don't want to play this instrument it is like creep crappy instrument and then uh, after two years the first time i played that uh, the more, one of the most difficult uh, chord for a beginner to play the whole bar chord of a c minor so i played that chord very fluently and i was like okay i got it and uh, uh. by that way my journey i went tired and then that time uh, my dad used to sing a song of bollywood and i used to play all this bollywood song until the age of 14th i haven't heard a single english song actually to be honest and okay. on the yeah and in the, in the age of 14 i heard first time a metallica the fade to black and then my life changed i like this is done i am like i want to play metallica and then from metallica i 
I become a hardcore metal fan, like head banging. And that time, I remember the Lamb of God came in India. So I went to their show, and like you can know the mosh pit and dancing in the mosh pit and doing all the <laughs> stuff. And I was like that kind of guy. I have become. But then this thing was in my mind. I want to make my own stuff, to make something my own original. And then with while I was um, uh, doing the stuff with uh, Sandeep. I think first time I made something uh, an original in uh, 2017, if I'm correct. And that time, Sandeep, I told them, "Dimitri, let's do something in the future." Because for Sandeep, was like, "You should make something with me." But I was like, "No, I want to make instrumentals. I don't want vocalists." Because always I experience in stage shows that these vocalists are very bad people for us. They for instrumentalist <laughs> they always take all the exposure in the stage and of like course. yeah and like i was like well, these guys are just playing behind they oh no no so i was like no no i don't want you you will take all the exposure from me <laughs> and, <laughs> and in uh, 2020 as you said like with the first time like i was like okay let's do something i wanted to experiment with uh, you also with the voice and then that time and we did the parasite so parasite was his uh, he wrote that I think very, uh, I think ten fifteen years ago, Sandeep. Yeah, no, well, not ten fifteen, but yeah, quite a yeah, actually, yeah, actually, a long time ago. You're right. <laughs> We don't realize, right? It's already twenty twenty one. I hear you, man. Yeah, yeah. Parasite was. I had a band called Karmic Yatra uh, with a buddy of mine who was in San Francisco, uh, Vivek Rao, and so we had done a few songs. And uh, Parasite is something I wrote, and the whole song was written one day. I was flipping channels and I was watching. Some Indian news channels, and they were uh, talking about some politics in India, and I was extremely irritated by these stupid politicians. So I literally just penned the song after watching some of that, and I started writing the lyrics. And uh, that's why <laughs> that's that's the uh, the lyrics uh, for the song. So I wrote those uh, lyrics, and then I initially did it with Karmic Yatra. We we kind of did the riff, and we kind of even recorded it, but. It was that vibe was not happening. You know, sometimes when you do it, even if you're doing it with your buddies or your bandmates, sometimes it works. Sometimes a thing doesn't work. And so he just told me, like, I don't know if I like this thing where it's going. The song, and I'm like, fine, no worries. Then, then I took the song to my current band, Rusty Rickshaw, and we tried it too. Okay, my band in LA, and we tried it too, and we kind of came up with a riff, and they they loved the lyrics, and we kind of. Did something with it, but again, it was not going where all of us were feeling like, "Hell yeah, this is this is it." And then I took it to Suraj when he asked me. I said, "Hey, here's the song I have, and this is the concept." And he loved the concept, and we did it. And uh, the good thing is, you know, I mean, this is what I love about musicians. You know, like my current guitar player Goro, he says, "I'm glad you did it with Suraj because you know you guys have done justice to the song." So uh, we love it. I mean, it, it was a first collaboration, and, and I think it came pretty well. Absolutely. And I, I love that you both, in your way, have come. From heavy metal influences and black metal yes. influences and death metal influences, because <laughs> yes. I, I feel like I know um, I, for myself, you know, I had no idea about the heavy metal scene in India, 
yeah. then I, I did a show back when I used to be on the radio. I did a show exclusively on the music of India, and I found groups like uh, Against Evil. Uh, there's uh, uh, there's an extraordinary group called Bell that does this really experimental stuff. Uh, and there's also a group called Sitar Metal, which oh, I was yeah. just <laughs> I thought, wow, yeah. all right. And they they were a ton of fun. And so I just don't think people know a lot about that. Yeah, probably not. I mean, we were. I mean, when I started, there were bands before me, but I started way back in 1992, 93 with my band Mayhem. And uh, like Suraj was naming some of the bands. And we, we used to, it was a pretty heavy cover scene back then, although we did originals later. But we started seeing, you know, everything from uh, Megadeth, Metallica. We were the speed metal, you know, rock stars over there. And, you know, that is awesome. Yeah. So we, we played like Megadeth, Metallica, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, Purple, you know, all these crazy Bands like uh, <laughs> Crazy <laughs> Band of Pantera, Slayer, you know, all those kind of uh, things. And it was it was awesome. But the cool thing about me was, you know, I, I, what I loved was I was doing that, but I was also always doing indie music on the side. Right. Music, which was, uh, which kind of helped both doing both parallelly, you know, it's really helped me, you know, with my voice, with whatever I do, because I can think both ways. Like if someone says metal, I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, when someone says uh, uh you know because once a metalhead always a metalhead you know and uh, oh yeah but but uh if someone says anything about old school you know indie music or guzzles you know it's a different form of uh music or anything like that or even semi-classical or anything I'm, I'm fine with that too because i listen to literally everything and that's the cool thing about Suraj too because he yeah. listens to and he's heard everything and we believe that you know, both of us truly believe that you got to be able to have an open mind to listen to everything and appreciate everything. At the end of the day, it's music and you may or may not like it. That's a different story. Um, and that's that's what we do. Yeah. And and it, it comes through in the, in the album because it, it just seamlessly moves from style to style, you know, both in in vocal and in in the in the music. Mm -hmm. And I know for you, Sandeep, that was a, a bit of a transition. I, I was seeing in the press notes that you kind of had to learn opera. Uh, if you're referring to Ascoltoro, uh, that's the song in this uh, EP. That's the Italian song. And uh, before that, we did something else called So Far Away, the song. Right. And in that, there's a little section. That, uh, that's quite a few sections. And Suraj, you know, and thanks to him, because he was the one who told me, like, you, you got that voice, you got that baritone. And and you, I've heard you sing metal. I've heard you sing Hindi, and in you 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 can do this. And I'm like, yeah, sure, but I've not really heard opera or anything. And coincidentally, at the same time, I was just starting to learn from one of my teachers over here in LA. She works with the LA Opera, and it just so happened that I was just starting that, and it, he started you know asking me about this at the same time, and I was like, great, I'm already doing this and starting to do this, and. Uh, so I started to learn a few things and some techniques and everything. And I've done my share of, you know, learning Indian when it comes to Indian classical. And uh, you cannot, obviously, it's it's a ocean. I'm a little drop in there. But um, right. also with Western, I've learned some Western too. On, you know, but this was Western classical now, and it was really good. And so that was the first song. But Ascoltero was uh, the song in the current EP. It was, he, he came to me and he's like, you know, this one we have to do. It was called, what, Lilies of Remembrance earlier? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what it was called. And I'm like, okay, now I'm going to write for Lilies of Remembrance. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, this one's got to be in Italian. I'm like, 
holy fuck, how am I going to write in Italian? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't write Italian. I just like, you know, pizza and, you know, pasta or whatnot, you know? So, I'm technically Italian and that's all I know. So, <laughs> yeah. so we looked someone up online and uh, she was a singer-songwriter herself. And we, I had the idea for the song. I had a story. So I told her, like, hey, this is the story. This is what we want to write about. And uh, she's like, sure. And so she wrote it. And then I told her, like, can you also sing it? Even if it's a one take, can you just sing it for me so I can listen to you and I can learn it? And um, so, so she did that. Uh, she did that. And we, of course, we paid her. And um, and then uh, the song was uh, <laughs> with me. And the first time we both heard it, we were like, He's, he's like, are you going to be able to do this, man? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, sure. So I did it. Actually, it's, uh, I know this is not going to be on video, but then what I do is I hear the vocalist, like I heard her, and I started decoding everything down in Hindi slash Marathi, which is Indian languages, mixed. Like, this is the script, and I kind of start writing it this way. Oh, okay. Because... <sighs> I, she obviously wrote it in English, but then certain words, you know, certain syllables, you cannot write like that in English. So that's why I kind of, I kind of decoded it that way. All this. Right, right. Yeah. I, what I'm going to do, if you don't mind, I'm going to take a screen, ca- a screen cap of this. Yeah. And uh, I'll put that in the show notes for people so they can, uh, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> there we go. And I will, I'm just going to yeah, make sure so I got I that. I kind of started writing this down and I then did a one take, which I normally do before any song and I. I sent it to Suraj and he's like, yeah, it sounds good. And I sent it to my voice teacher too. And, and she was like, yeah, you, you're sounding pretty good. And she was amazing. She was like, and you're kind of taking out that operatic sound. And I, I, that's really nice. And uh, I was like, okay, that's good. But then I actually search, um, I actually work for a tech company now and uh, we have you know, 6,000 strong. Um, so there's people from all over the world. And uh, so I went to our Slack channel and I just looked for, you know, there was luckily a Slack channel called Italian Exchange. And oh, that worked the, out well. Yeah. And so I just put a thing over there like, hey, guys, I'm looking for someone who can, uh, who speaks. Of, of course, you guys speak, but someone who can help you with Italian lyrics. And so one of the guys, he sat down with me for an hour and I played the song for him and I played what I recorded. And he, he was like, and I, I swear to God, his thing was like, you sound really good, except for two, three things here and there. And he corrected me and one of the lines was wrong. And he said, this will sound wrong, not only grammatically, but what you're saying is you're trying to say in past tense, present tense, blah, 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 all that. Right, so right, right. He corrected me in that one line, which is there. In the, and I took that. So thanks to him, his name's uh, Ciro, which I think is pronounced Ciro, I think. And uh, so he helped me. He's, uh, he's from Italy, but he lives in uh, Copenhagen. And that's it. So I, I corrected a couple of the mistakes and we recorded the song uh, right here where I'm sitting right now, and uh, it was like what two and a half, three hours max, and we yeah. yeah. <laughs> the fun, the most enjoying part about this recording is like after uh, the recording has got done, you were like, "Have we done a perfect job?" Like there is no parameters to understand like the well, language course, totally yeah. foreign for us, and I was like, "Are we singing right? Are you singing right? Right notes?" <laughs> like, right. Like, yeah, okay. 
I think we are done the good job. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I cannot express my annoyance at the fact that you did you, that you phonetically sang operatic in Italian without knowing the language, and I'm <laughs> Italian and I cannot speak the language to save my goddamn life phonetically or otherwise. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I actually even posted it back recently after the thing was released. I posted it back on our Slack channel to those guys, right? And uh, of course, a couple of my friends, when they heard it, <laughs> everyone has different reactions, right? My bandmate, <laughs> my guitar player, he was like, are you singing right? <laughs> I, don't know. I don't, because how many people really listen to opera, right? Of course. And, uh, but when I played it on this, the guy who helped me in that Slack channel again, and he was like, this came out so damn good. And he's like, and he told everyone, by the way, guys, this guy, not only the first time he's singing Italian, he doesn't even speak Italian. I'm like, yeah. I mean, I my you know, on my YouTube, I have a thing that says music speaks no language. And right. that's, I truly believe in that. I mean, you, you got to feel it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about the inspiration for Ascoltero? Like where, in terms of the, the music of it, what made you think, oh, this is, I want to do something operatic? Oh, so the inspiration is, uh, I think, uh, I will say mostly come, came from the Yanni only. So I was like, my music is heavily influenced from uh, Bollywood and uh, all these new age artists like Yanni and Evangelist and I, because I listened so a lot of them. Plus, it's my own identity. So, the thing was like uh, when I released my first two albums, so, uh, Her and uh, So Close So Far, the thing was I realized that my many of my songs' melodies are very good. I, of course, I love them and that's why I created them. So, what I wanted to do is like I wanted to vocalize some of them. So the Ascultaro is actually um, one of my songs from uh, her. It's called uh, Lilies of Remembrance. And the, right, okay. uh, and the speciality of that song is like, uh, it was a second song in that my first album. And uh, when I bought the piano first time in my house, so I think that was in a 2019. And I didn't know how to play it at all because I was uh, playing uh, guitar and the keyboard for like past... Uh, uh, eight years continuously with the practicing like in between I was practicing for 12 hours a day also because I appeared for a London School of Trinity grade examinations so that time right. I skipped my one and a half years of uh, you can say the formal education of our uh, Indian Indian education system so that time I was doing a 12 hours of uh, practiced a daily to do up so I can appear for that examination Sorry, so how many hours? Like 12 hours a day Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to just know know the fun part of my that time uh, for the one and a half year, my daily schedule was like, uh, I used to wake up at 7 a.m. Uh, just uh, do all the morning routines uh, and uh, 8 a.m. start the practice till the 12, uh, 12 uh, p.m. It's done. 12 p.m. to 1, uh, uh, 1 p.m. lunch. 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. once again practice. Then 4 to 5 are some small snacks. Again, six to nine practice and nine to ten dinner and sleep. And just repeating this thing for a one and a half year. I wish someone could pay me to do that. I know, right? <laughs> I was going to say, if you're trying to scare off the competition by telling them what they have to do to compete with you, dude, I, I think it's it's working. <laughs> yeah. 
I hope so. No, I think it definitely reflects in his music, and he's pretty humble yeah. about it. Like I said, you know, Brendan, what I was telling you earlier, like when he started playing flamenco guitar for me, I was like, I literally had this look like, how come you never told me like you <laughs> right. play this? And, and I, because for me, I, I knew him as a bass player. Sure. I knew him as a bass player and an upright bassist, right? And then, of course, he started playing piano, and I was like, then I asked him, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I used to play, I've, I've learned, you know. But when he started playing guitar, that blew me away. And then he started telling me, he started decoding all these old Indian film songs for me. He's like, oh, you know, 98% of these songs come from here. And he, I'm like, wow, that's that's good to know. <laughs> yeah, that's the fun part about the, as I told you, the Bollywood influence. The Bollywood, if you, the old Bollywood, most of of 1980s to, I will say, 1990s. The If you listen to the all the music in that, the guitar is mostly influenced, uh, have an influence of Latin in it. So the, oh, interesting. Yeah, so if you uh, have ever heard about the flamenco patterns of like Gypsy Kings or something, some other people who are prominently playing a flamenco things, you will get to uh, listen to all those flamenco in uh, Bollywood, old Bollywood stuff, not only new, old ones. So because of that, I used to uh, know all these patterns and I I was very interested in a flamenco guitar that time. But right. uh, after the, I told you, after the Trinity examination, that point has came in my life where I have to choose. Because I uh, used to like a uh, good bass. I used to like a uh, uh, distortion guitar where I, I was playing a death metal. And then I also used to like a uh, nylon string guitar, then acoustic guitar. And then I have to choose like something. I can't be a, a master of all these things. So I had to choose right. one instrument. And that time I chose a bass. And then I started studying a bass in a different perspective. And sorry, I think we have went uh, on some other topics. We were talking about Daskal Taro. So, no, so no, no, no. Story. This is fascinating. I, 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 I'm not a musician. And so uh, it, knowing the path it takes to become a musician is really, really interesting to me. So please continue. <laughs> yeah. So the thing about the Askul Taro that I told you, that the original song was a Lilies of Remembrance. And the fun part about the Lilies of Remembrance is like, I, as I told you, for the eight years, I was totally away from a keyboard, nine years. Because I used to hate that instrument, to, to be honest. Because like, uh, it's like so many keys and like you have to look for a left hand also, right hand also. And like, okay, the guitar is easier. Right. So what happened is when I first wrote my first original, Walk in the Rain, with her, I wrote that song on my, on my bass. And one of my friends, oh, Sandeep Thakur. And my, one of my friends, Sandeep Thakur, he was a violinist and he accompanied me him, him, uh, me in that song. Uh, so that time, what happened is like I started uh, realizing that I, if I want to continue this journey of original music, I can't be a lead, uh, the bass can't be a lead instrument because my liking was more of a new age zone where the Yanni with the whole orchestra and the different right. kind of brass section and the thing. And I tried to actually experiment that thing also with a bass. Uh, and then second song which I wrote is The Grief of the Fallen Flower where the lead instrument was bass plus there was a whole orchestral section in that. Thank you. 
in that thing i realized is like i can't this instrument can't be a lead in the whatever the my taste is so after that second song i went into shop and i bought a digital piano so right i, I didn't know how to play at all because i learned keyboard before so if you know, if you know, already know that there is a huge difference between a keyboard and the playing a piano with the oh, okay i things. didn't know that actually so that's that's good to know yeah it's a tot- it's a base uh, same it belongs from a same family it's just like uh, how the uh, nylon string and the electric gate is different and it's the okay. same playing style is different so that time i bought a digital piano i didn't know a single thing about it uh, my fu- music fundamentals were clear but uh, there is a no technique and nothing so for the first month i was just exploring it and after the first month i wrote a melody on it and that song was a lyric of remembrance so in just one month of buying a digital piano i wrote a song on a, a first piano solo i wrote in a one month and that was a lyric of remembrance <laughs> yes yeah, can i interrupt over here i mean this is uh, uh, just the old educator and me coming out you know what he just said is it's a very very important thing uh, he said my music fundamentals were clear you know when i yeah. like you know i used to be a college professor for a very long time before coming to tech i used to always tell my students if your fundamentals are clear <laughs> you know you can be on any software and you could be i mean i'm i was talking obviously from my industry i come from the animation vfx gaming industry right right like, right if your fundamentals are clear then you can just go to any software and start doing it software is just a tool at the end of the day so for him right. you know his fundamentals in music are and were very clear and uh, so for him it was you know it's still yeah. take time it's still you know but he could do it i wouldn't right. say easy yeah. but he could do it yeah what i believe is about the music is like just pick up any instrument give it a time to practice it clear your fundamentals like uh, learn about the theory where how the uh, major and minor work how the rooks the scale works and once it got cleared the matter of learning new instrument is just learning that technique and practicing that because the all the theory and the fundamentals are same in all yeah. any kind of musical instrument so you have right. to just learn that thing Uh, the technique of that particular instrument how they how it should be performed or how it should it should be played so that the same way i i am not a pianist to be honest uh, i am just a composer who likes to play piano and so right. that by that way i just learned a piano to play and that's that has that's why I, uh, mm-hmm. uh, most of the songs are more of more of a piano oriented because i felt that this is the instrument where i can cover the most of the octave ranges and i can sit uh, uh, properly in the mixes and right. then uh, i just uh, the the inspiration for this album ascultaro and or uh, and the wistful thoughts the whole album it's actually came like i was like i was i have made so much so many good melodies so i want to vocalize them so every for the every song like lilies of remembrance i had a vision about like if someone is going to sing this song it should be operatic because right. i i listen to vast majority of music like I, as i told you i listen to lamb of god also which is a death metal and mm-hmm. on the same on the another side i am listening to uh, mr Bo, uh, uh, andrew uh, bocelli also right. who is a more of a operatic singer on the another side i am listening to old bollywood where is a kishore kumar and mohammad rafi is singing and uh, on the another side i am listening to hans zimmer who's uh, right. so that, I, that that allows us to connect right because yeah. i'm exactly the same when it comes to listening to music like right. what you said i mean pretty much everyone he named i'm pretty much listening to from a vocal standpoint or even from a listening standpoint i'm listening to i've sung old bollywood i'm sung metal a lot of people don't know i 
love guzzles and I used to do a radio show myself and I used to talk about guzzles and that too. It's like you got to be able to, when, when you have, you know, all these um, things that you're listening to, yeah, you, your mind becomes open. And a lot of people that we've seen, and that's why we connected very well. When he talks about metal, I talk about metal. We're like, yeah, yeah, that band and this band. And we start showing each other things on YouTube or whatnot. Then suddenly we'll go into the next conversation. We'll go into some old school Bollywood and we'll talk about, oh, you know what? In that song, you know, Mohammed Rafi did this and that. And, and, and we'll go into that. And suddenly we'll go into some classical piece he'll show me and he's like check this out and we are always open both of us have always been open to different forms of music i even hell i even listen to some hip-hop and you know some uh, pop artists right now and um right I, I remember i used to have like when i was living in india uh, back in the early you know uh, late 80s and all that there was you know bands like uh, you know aha and you know all those you know george right. michael and all i used to literally have like vhs tapes i used to record because mtv used to come uh and channel v there was a thing called channel v and they used to play all these songs and i used to there was no internet or nothing so i used to record all these things it just helps you i think listening to more and appreciating every form of music just gonna help you in your own music yeah and, and i guess that's one of the great things about the internet now is it's it's never been easier to yeah. find different kinds of music. You know, as, as I said, when I, when I did that show for Larger the Truth, I, you know, I went onto Bandcamp and mm -hmm. just started looking for, you know, different artists from India and it's right there, you know, right. and whereas growing up in a, where I did a small mountain town, you know, if I, I wanted, uh, speaking of Vangelis, I, I desperately wanted his 666 album, his Revelation album. Oh, oh. And I couldn't find it for, I guess technically that's Aphrodite's Child, but either way, I, I couldn't find it to save my life. And I finally had to order it special and it took months to get there. And now if I want to hear it, I just open up Spotify and it's right there. I don't yeah, even have to right grab my there, CD. Right? Yeah. It's like yeah. the world has become so small. Now. I mean, <laughs> yeah. everything's available, but yeah, I mean, I grew up in a time where, yeah, you had to literally hunt down things. And I remember my first metal show was in Delhi. Um, my band back then took a trip to Delhi and in Delhi, there used to be this shop in a place called Palika Bazaar in Delhi, that one shop used to sell death metal. I don't know where the hell this guy used to get this stuff from, but he used to sell like cassette tapes of okay. like some crazy death metal bands that you'd never heard of or you never you will get anywhere else. And then one shop used to have it and all metalheads used to go there. So when we went to Delhi, right. we, were like, we made it a point that go to that shop and get all those tapes. <laughs> and were these local bands or were these international bands? No, no international bands. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, Jesus. So and he really had a hookup. Cassette tapes. And then I, I might even have a few in my garage right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let, let's talk a little bit about metal just because I, I, I love metal too, although probably not to the same degree. What were some of your, aside from Metallica, what were some, and um, Sundeep, you mentioned singing Megadeth and Priest and things like this, but yeah. what were some of your uh, favorite bands growing up or when you were sort of first getting into that? Uh, that scene? I mean, pretty much everyone from that time. I mean, definitely, uh, I know you already named Metallica, definitely, and still is. Um, I think they're great. They've completed 40 years. It's not easy to be in a band for 40 years and still be rocking. Uh, Megadeth, for sure, and for a reason, because I, I think Dave Mustaine is uh, one of the best songwriters. Um, Interesting. Yeah, he's, I, think, I think his songwriting skills are amazing, and the lyrics are amazing if you listen to the album Rust in Peace. Um, and some of his other albums, um, Maiden, because just because I love Bruce Dickinson, the first time I heard <laughs> yes. him sing, I was like, holy crap, who is this guy? How yeah. is he singing that? <laughs> Have yeah. you heard the, uh, <laughs> the new album, Sanjutsu? No, I haven't, actually. 
It's solid. It's solid. It's oh, not. It? Um, I prefer. I, I yeah. I, I mean, it's it's everything after Dance of Death for me. Mm-hmm. I felt like that's where they perfected this current version of their sound. Got it. So it's it's not. I say it's not Dance of Death good, but it's still it's still pretty great. I mean, a right, new right. maiden is always good. Yeah, and then there's so many others. I mean, GNR. Hell, uh, when I again when I heard and being a vocalist, I I used to always gravitate towards the the voice first. Sure. And I just heard Axl Rose. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> you know, yeah. oh my god. And same thing with Led Zeppelin. You know, I used to always listen to all these vocalists first, and then of course the band. So ACDC, uh, Purple, Scorpions. Uh, some bands like Annihilator and uh, so many others. You know, there's there's a band like called uh, Steelheart. My bass player back then, he played that for me, and um, I think the singer's named uh, Michael Matjevic or Matijevic. And oh my God, if you listen to a song, she's gone. I even play that sometimes nowadays for people when I'm telling about. A lot of people will ask me, "Hey, how do you do this in vocals? How how do you have such a bass voice, but you can still go high?" And stuff like that, and I outplay them. And, and simple things like a lot of people know nowadays, you know, that your chest voice, head voice, you know, your passaggio, and all that, and how you transition from different, you know, one one uh, one one sort of voice to another. And I'll sometimes play this song. And if anyone's listening, any vocalist right now, I mean, this song called "She's Gone" by the band Steelheart, and listen to that song and listen to the part where he goes from chest to head. It's just insane. And no matter what, uh, you know, uh, the vocalist. Like I'm playing it for you if, if they're only listening to Indian or what have you. When I play that and I tell them, like, you see this, this is called not only technique, but power, but melody, keeping the melody intact and everything. I mean, there's so much to learn. Right. Um, but yeah, metal bands, there's so many, so many. But I've always been listening to that and everything else on the side. Like like Surat said, his dad introduced him to. A lot of things. My dad used to play Beethoven and Mozart, and he had LPs and LPs of like a lot of um, classics, and he used to play that at home. All the right. Time. Yeah, and so that's always was there in the background for me. And then he was, I think that's where I got it from. He used to also then suddenly switch to like, um, you know, some old Hindi music, and, and he would tell me like, this music director, this he did this and this is where he came from and this then he employed this guy and he should tell me some stories of that and right okay <laughs> <laughs> how about you yeah. uh, Suraj? any, any uh, other metal bands that, that pop into your head that you think are uh, you know so some favorites of yours from from back in those days in that back of the day i used to listen to more of iron maiden and the metallica and i used to play a lot of their songs on i, I used to had an electric guitar that time some of the death metal bands have a very kind of difficult to play kind of riffs. One of is like yeah. Lamb of God, which I mentioned. Yeah, like I know. Their riffs, like uh, in that time, uh, in my friend circle, I, in my all the musician circle, they were like, if you can play, able to play the Ashes of the Wake uh, or the Hourglass, there, like you are the best guitarist in the town. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, actually, uh, he's right. You know, the, some of those things are so damn difficult to play. People don't realize. People think it's noise. Um, and I, me and him both, we absolutely disagree with that because you yeah. really need to understand most people, you know, uh, most people sometimes will be like the moment you start hearing distortion, they're like, ah, this is noise. No, it's sure. not. <laughs> no, it's not. And the actually fun part is even if you go in on YouTube now, nowadays, you know, that the, it's easy to make a cover. So even if you go in a YouTube and search for the ashes of the wake cover or the hourglass cover, you will find many covers, but you will only find out two or three people who, who are actually playing the song perfectly. 
and with all the right. dynamics and in the comment section also you will listen to, uh, get to uh, see that how the people are like telling like okay this needs to be improved like yeah it's one of the difficult song and another band was if i'm going to the tool that was tool, another oh song. my god oh have yeah you of heard course the tools re- recent album they i, I have two years have ago two years no, ago. oh my god tool and now that he's talking of so many things come to a tool dream theater uh yeah, oh, of course so many i mean there's so many bands you can name right and i i've been very lucky to you know have lived here in the us for so long now that i've seen a lot of these bands so right because you get to see them and uh, of course they're traveling internationally too now but uh, it's it's amazing to your point uh, suraj about people not not hearing you know, yeah. they think they're playing lamb of god they think they're they think they're playing a cover but you know they're not they're not fully understanding the complexity of the music. I remember this is a very different kind of music, but I remember, you know, growing up, I, I listened to, I heard a lot of Queen. We, we weren't a very musical household, so I only had like a couple cassettes that, you know, I could listen to. And one of them was a, a, a dubbed copy of Queen's Greatest Hits. And so, you know, I heard Freddie Mercury and I thought, well, this is very impressive. It's very cool, I guess. But I didn't understand how unique he was oh, until yeah. I was in London and I saw We Will Rock You, the musical. Yeah. And the vocalist was good, but I realized, ah, now I understand the difference between good and Freddie Mercury. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And that, and that happens too when I first heard, you know, Michael Jackson, you know. Oh, sure. And, and even when I listened to him, in fact, I was just in the car with my wife the other day and I was, something was playing and I think it was uh, Stranger in Moscow, I think it was, uh, I was playing and I was like, oh my God, Michael Jackson was so good. Yeah. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's just amazing. I, I, I've watched every video of his so many times and I've heard all his songs so many times. This is the, just for the voice and, you know, just for the voice for me more. Yeah. A friend of mine, on uh, she interviewed his former keyboard player on her podcast oh, wow. a little while ago. And I can't remember the guy's name to save my life, but it was a fascinating interview. And he said that Michael, when he was on stage, he still heard everything. This yeah, guy... Exactly. I guess uh, my, I think it was the first time he did the moonwalk, maybe or something. And and mm-hmm. this guy, he didn't know it was coming, uh, and yeah. so he no one dropped, knew it was coming. Yeah, it's it's on YouTube too, actually. Okay, there you go. Yeah, and and yeah. he dropped a couple notes, and Michael came up after him and said, "Hey, man, um, what happened up there?" And <laughs> even while doing that, he heard him drop a couple notes on That's the keyboard. That's amazing. That's amazing. And again, it's it's that kind of mastery that when someone's really good at something, they make it look easy. Right. Yeah. And of course, exactly. it's it's. It's not, but that's that's the gift of of practice, of discipline, yeah. and uh, all of that is in evidence yeah. on the, on the new EP. Thank you, thank you so much. As you said in, uh, in the before, like people are not actually listening to so much of music. The another part of the thing is like people are very restricted about their kind of genre, like the Western classical yeah. people who are listening, uh, who have played and learn Western classical. They are like Western classical is the greatest. Or the people right. who are learning the rock, who learn death metal, they're like, okay, this is the best. Nah, if you can learn uh, death metal, you will sing all kind of forms. I get to hear this stuff very much, like yeah. almost every day from like... It's, it's like, pretty unfortunate, actually. We, we discuss that a lot because we, I have, me and him, we both have a lot of friends and sometimes they, people would, like you said, you know, you rightly said, I, I, they only listen to one thing and they feel that's it. 
Like, sure. I know a lot of friends who only listen to old Bollywood music and they think that's music. You know, that's that's the best thing out there. Or, or even in classical. And I, I feel that you're, you know, in a humble way, I would like to say, I mean, you're missing out on a lot. Um, there's actually, so much I, good music out I, there. Actually, I get to realize this thing, like, uh, I think uh, one month ago. So, a few months ago, I think you must have seen on my Instagram also, like, I got a, accepted as a voting member of Grammy Awards. So, yeah. yeah. So, one month ago, I was uh, first time participating in their voting process. So, I was listening to that uh, whole list of the song of every artist who are like, it was like a dream come true. Like, the artists which I have always listened and they are like, just their songs are lying just in a list of mine. Like, the first name was like, uh, if I remember, the, uh, John McLaughlin. And uh, after like four uh, songs, there is a Suraj Parab songs is there. So I used to, it was like a dream come true. Like, I am uh, competing with the same, uh, in the same league with them. So what I realized in that voting process is like, after listening to all that fourth, I think 3,000, songs, that... All these artists, like uh, I have, applied, I have uh, sent my entries in a uh, more uh, global music uh, performances and uh, uh, instrumental thing. But if you listen to all these uh, m- uh, different kind of artists, their music doesn't sound like anyone else. It right. sound hundred percent original. Like uh, it, it has something different with them. What I that's what I believe because they because what I believe is they have listened to so much thing that their perspective has got to widen and they can think of different possibilities because they are open mindedly looking at the music not like uh, okay if it's a C major uh, only F and G will go with it so that's the, what the people like okay in the, that is what is told to us from my, right. our teacher so it it will not again happen but what I realized in the voting process is like. These people, everyone's music is like, it is in the same category. So global music performances, it's the same category, but every song is sounding different. It doesn't sound like a, some kind of, you can say, as we say, if song is started playing, we will get to, okay, this is a rock song. Okay, this is a metal song. But if you listen to this, all these people who are submitting uh, for the Grammy, in the, all the, they are, of course, they are voting members. Their song is like, everyone's song is different. And I was like, okay, this is the thing. Because it doesn't sound like anyone else. So I actually uh, heard this uh, compliment from one of my friends from a UK. So uh, one year ago, I did one song with one of my friends. So she's uh, the way I met you. So she, I, I also met uh, that uh, girl. So she's a harpist and she's in the UK. So she's a properly Western classically trained uh, harpist uh, from Sweden. Her name is Helena Ricky. We did one song. So that time she told me once like, okay, your songs are like not actually like a sounding like a Yanni or like a Yiruma or something like that. Or doesn't it, it doesn't sound like a Bollywood, but I can feel that that influence is there, but it sounds like different. It sounds something right. like of yours. There is no uh, specific structure to the song. Like the first is verse should come first, chorus should come afterwards, verse could then something like that. So there is no specific structure to the song. So that's what I feel about the artists. Like they should open to every kind of possibilities. 
and not to restrict in some kind of like i am a metal guy i am a this they should be yeah. think as i am a musician and I, i guess that's the the nature of or maybe an indicator of of talent of true talent is you you're not just repeating your influences you're synthesizing them into something new mm-hmm. yeah no oh, it's uh, again it's 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 a fantastic quality and it's it's one of the things i appreciate about your music because again i've been listening i think i found you around the time so close so far but yeah. i've since gone back and listened to her and of course i've been following your your singles as they've come out and each one brings something new to the table and so i'm always excited when something new comes out and to that end what's what's coming next for you guys uh for for me uh, as uh, as you told as, as the wistful thoughts volume 1 concept was about the volume 1 is like we are planning for a volume 2 in the next year so okay great uh, so we are trying to feature uh, another vocalist with a sandeep and another some song of mine and in between i'm i'm working on my one so full uh, full length solo piano album so that is another okay. which i'm working on because i love to make piano solos in a, my kind of way there is no specific such structure to it and right. most of the people uh, and my fo- listeners and followers love to uh, listen to all that 5 minutes or 6 si- minutes all mm-hmm. this pieces which i make they are sometimes bit lengthy but they i uh, got many comments like uh, from my listeners and like those 5 minute doesn't sound like a 5 minute it sounds like a 5 seconds plus but so keep making them so <laughs> i am making one another piano solo album for me and the we are side by side working on a wistful thoughts uh, volume 2 and uh, i think in the next month actually next month uh, i think sandeep might come to india if i am correct and right, we might right. shoot a video for askultaro Oh, yeah, very so I cool. Maybe I might be traveling, and then we'll shoot a video for Ascultero, and maybe um, something else too. Uh, but yeah, I'll be I'll be working with Suraj on Visual Thoughts uh, Volume Two. Looking forward to that. And he said, you know, there's someone else who'll be singing with me too. Maybe one, two songs we don't know yet. Um, but I, I I keep doing my stuff on the side. I have a couple of solos myself, but I also have my band, as you know, Brandon. So we are working on our fourth song right now but we also started to work on our EP which will release next year um my band from LA Rusty Richter. Fantastic. Yeah. So uh, gentlemen where can everyone find you online? So for me you can find it uh, find my music on any all the major streaming platforms like Apple, Spotify, uh, Deezer, Amazon Music and for the social media you can find me on Instagram and I have a YouTube channel it's a suraj for s u r a j p a r a b and talking about sandeep yeah for me i do a couple of things um, so if you don't mind i can say both so my sure. band is rusty uh, rusty is in rusty rickshaw is in rickshaw so one one word so with my band whatever we do uh, just look us up on youtube rusty rickshaw or look us up on spotify or any major streaming platforms you can find us uh, for me on youtube it's sandy s a n d y k music and um my you know uh, just look me up sandeep kulkarni um on spotify or any other uh streaming stations perfect okay and you'll find links to all of their socials in the show notes suraj parab sandeep kulkarni guys thank you so much for being here it's been a genuine pleasure to finally uh, meet you in person and and hear about your your music your influences i enjoyed the hell out of this so thank you for taking the time thanks, thanks so much for my thanks Thank you, thank you. Thanks for having us. And that's the ball game.
Don't forget to head on over to patreon.com slash largely the truth for $2 a month. You get access to an ad free feed and I certainly appreciate it. It is by virtue of my patrons here at Largely the Truth and over at the Ghost Story Guys podcast, which is of course my other show, that I am a professional podcaster. It is a privileged life, to say the least. It, I don't make a ton of money, folks, but I don't have a boss. I get to set my own hours. It is, uh, it, it's, it is a privilege. There's no other way to put it. It's a great place to be. And again, I owe it all to my patrons. So thank you all very, very much. Thanks also to my fine guests, Suraj Parab and Sandeep Kulkarni, for taking the time tonight. You'll find links to all their social media in the show notes, and I will also include a link to their EP, Wistful Thinking, Volume 1. That's available on streaming platforms everywhere, but if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. If you can afford to support independent artist folks, it makes a huge difference to them. Streaming is good, but if you can drop the five or ten bucks on their albums or their EPs, it just means that much more to them. It is a huge, huge thing. A little bit goes a long way, especially now. Thanks also to Peter of Pizzanta Music for my fabulous theme song. You can find more from him at nightharvestrecordings.com. That's the label that we operate here at Largely the Truth. Or by searching for Pizzanta Music wherever you get your tunes. Finally, thank you for listening. Without you, there wouldn't be much point. All right. Until next time, I hope the night takes you to the same strange and wonderful places it takes me. And remember, if you're not sure what comes next, put a call out into the dark. You never know who's going to pick up. I'll see you next time. <laughs>